What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Today I'm talking with Matt, Allison, and Rory, who are three of the four members that make up the Ontario folk pop-based band I the Mountain. Uh, they just put out their new single. It's called Fade Away. Uh, we talk a bit about you know the process behind writing that and their inspiration and just how they write as a band in general. Uh, we also talk a lot about how you can get your music funded through grants that you don't necessarily need to go for that big grant all the time. You can go for something that can fund you know just a music video um, or some artwork. And we talk how they sort of strategized getting some grant funding for their latest release and other releases as well. They've got a new album coming out, so we talk about their process of writing that and working with producers and engineers to put it all together. We go through the you know the difference between marketing on social media or using agencies uh, to do that for you, and you can kind of have a combination of the two and just to get your music out as much as you possibly can. And there are a lot of great options online for working with that on a budget. Um, I the Mountain will be at this year's Mariposa Folk festival so definitely check them out there and you can find all of their music online and their new single fade away is out now so i hope you enjoy this episode with i the mountain uh well i got rory allison and matt one of the mats here from uh, I the Mountain, and um, it's awesome to see you guys again. It's been just over maybe like a year, a year and a half or so that I, I saw you guys last, um, and I've always been a fan of your music and obviously of you as people, so thank you for jumping on here and and doing this in your busy schedules and your busy lives. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, our pleasure. Um, we could just kind of jump right into it. You guys have released a, a awesome new single. Your song, uh, like Fade Away, just came out. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize it's always cool to see, to hear uh, new music from, you know, either, whether it's bands that I'm just a fan of or bands that I'm a fan of and I know a little bit personally, but it's, uh, it's always cool to see the meanings behind the songs and, you know, you can always take them different ways. And I was trying to listen through the song a bit with a, a less of a bias or less of a, an understanding of senior post and just sort of to try to take it into a way that I interpreted it. But um, it was yeah, really yeah. cool to see you guys posting the you know just sort of i guess it had that common theme of just sort of how music helps you along in life and and gets you through hard times like that's sort of maybe a broad perspective of it but it seems like you all kind of had an input of what it meant to you throughout that writing process Mm -hmm. yeah matt when did you write when did you write this song like three years ago no two years ago I don't remember. Yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe even before that, it, uh, I was looking at the demo version and it was like maybe 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's been hanging around for a while. Yeah, I remember when you said like, oh, I wrote a piano ballad. And I was like, what? That's exciting. And I remember when you play, I remember the first couple times you like played it a little bit. Like I don't, I, at the time I didn't remember any of the words or anything, but I remember when you told us like you had written a piano song. Um, yeah. 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 It was uh, a little uncharacteristic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So usually it's uh, just like the skeletal version happens kind of simultaneously on acoustic and, uh, and the melody as well kind of happens at the same time. Yeah, I I feel like that's kind of maybe not the most maybe the most popular way. That's at least the way I I like to do it a lot as well. It's um a lot of folks you have with you know computers and and MIDI keyboards and all this stuff. You can record so much, um, and it sort of get like ahead of yourself before you even know what a song is about. And who's to say what's the right way to go? I don't think there is a right way, but it's always interesting to hear 
you know, how songs start and then, and then where they go. But you guys have sort of a, I don't know if it's unique because it's a, a band, like people write in bands, obviously, but I find more and more nowadays, it seems like there's just an individual and then a production behind it. Uh, so it's, it's always refreshing to hear how a song like this is made where it's not just, you know, Matt's song and then a producer took it somewhere. It's like a collective of friends and, and, you know, you guys are very close. So it's, it's cool to see the music that can come out that way. Um, do you find that it's easy to get those inputs from everybody or do you, do you guys like <laughs> wrestle around a bit? I know you've been doing this a while, so maybe it's yeah, less yeah, of that we, now. Uh, we've been referred to as painfully diplomatic. Um, so it's, it's like things, things may <laughs> take a little longer, uh, but they, everyone kind of gets what they want in the end and is like happy with the final product. I wouldn't say there's any even like butting of heads. It's just like a lot of different ideas getting thrown out. We try almost all of them, honestly. Um, and then usually stick with whatever works. And like worst case scenario, we just, it goes down to a good old fashioned vote, which we rarely have to do, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. This one also like, honestly, the song stayed like really similar uh, from like, if you listen to like the very first like cell phone demo that you had, it's like pretty similar. Like the first verse is probably almost identical. The chorus is very similar. The thing that we kind of like changed or workshopped the most was like the bridge. I think Um, there's like a, there's like a voice note that i have of myself and matt and matt i think the three of us like worked on that bridge one day and that's not even the final form of it we were like playing around with it and the bridge was like so long we did that like there's like the part that the line that kind of repeats itself we repeated it like 12 times or something like that with like all these different vocal (laughs) harmonies and stuff so that ended up i think getting like changed a little bit um but yeah, the, the song mm. actually stayed like really, really similar um, structure-wise to the original one, which was which was kind of cool. I mean, I guess. And then we all kind of like added our own flavors when it came to instrumentation. Like, I had sort of come up with the piano lead line, and Rory had come up with the guitar lead line. That's really nice. And uh, yeah, like we always just each kind of write our own parts to an extent and then like adjust or people will have an idea or something. But a lot of the times we just kind of bring our own part of what we think sounds best and then go from there, adjust mm. from there. Like it's rare that like someone's like, oh, I would love Allison if you played this piano thing or, oh, Rory, can you play like this exact riff? I mean, we might do that when we're workshopping a bit more, but initially we all just kind of come with our own lines and stuff. So. Yeah, it's nice to sort of designate those roles and and trust mm-hmm. each other to to do so, and then you know make those small tweaks instead. Um, and Rory, I got to say, uh, you're killer guitar player, man. I don't know if I told you that enough oh, last time you. I saw you guys play, but <laughs> thank you, man. <laughs> you, you shred. That. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's the thing too. You guys are an awesome live band, and not only just you know you know tight and and you know succinct and everything like that but just a lot of fun to also watch perform and i think you just do a great job at getting everybody involved and and it's kind of it's funny to hear you say the gang vocal stuff because that's something i can i think i might have seen this you guys play this one live but i could totally see it as you know sliding into all of your other material super well and just sort of keeping everybody involved it's not like you have one song that's this big group chant thing and then people kind of it's like all right everybody shut up and now we're done with you but (laughs) you keep them going 
do you kind of think about that stuff as you're writing or is that just something that comes through naturally? Yeah, we definitely talk about that when we're writing songs. We're, we're always asking ourselves, like, how do we think this would play live? What do we need to add to it to, like, get the crowd more involved? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times we're like, oh, and this is where we'll get them to sing this thing back to us or something. Or like, this is where they'll join in. Like, not not for every single song. Like, obviously, Fade Away is not one that we, like ask the crowd to sing along um i mean we still you know try to keep them involved we like have a nice uh introduction that lamers does to sort of um you know give some context to the song to kind of pull them into that like emotional feel with us but for the songs that it seems fitting we definitely like sort of talk out or plan out like where a crowd could get involved because that's like such a big part of our show i honestly couldn't imagine performing a show where like we're not getting the audience to like sing along or participate in some way so. shushing the crowd like lord yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah it's an interesting thing because uh i mean so yeah some of those songs definitely we we do that where we um i think intentionally create some sort of sing-along aspect but then there are other songs that come about that it just kind of naturally occurs it's like there'll be a hook that just comes to one of us. And it's like, you know what, regardless, that's, that's a great hook and people are going to hop in on it either way, I think too. So it's like a healthy mix of that organic, um, that happening organically. Uh, and then us kind of being like, okay, where can we not like shoehorn it in, but like, where, where does it need to be? Yeah. It totally feels like that way as well. As you're listening, it doesn't feel like a manufactured everybody come around <laughs> and, and sing with us. It it feels like it's part of the yeah, song yeah. and it's there for you if you want it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've struggled with that before too. Not necessarily struggled, but I'll like think I'm done a song and then I'll, I'll, you know, just go to go somewhere to play it live and make an open mic or something, or maybe I'll just throw it in at one of my gigs in the middle somewhere. And uh, you'll be like, ah, shit, that, that bridge was, was way too short or that part I thought needed to go in fast and maybe it needs to breathe. And uh, do you ever find that you're, you're like, have a song like this or something, a new single you're putting out? Uh, I know actually this one's maybe a little different because you, you said you'd had it written for a little bit, but do you kind of play it over, I guess, uh, you know, over a year and a half you've had this one or so, uh, do you play it over the, like that amount of time and, and tweak things too much? I know you said this one, you didn't no, tweak but very often, but, uh, maybe yeah, other I would, ones that I would have... say we do. I mean, we're a band that definitely, um, just based on a recording schedule and our schedules as well. Um, it kind of forces our hand into playing new music before it's released. Um, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because we've talked to bands either similar to our size or, or larger or whatever it may be. Um, and they're like, yeah, we just never, play the stuff until it is out there and uh like i totally respect that but at the same time it's just like that is such a pivotal part in the workshopping process for us because we get to see how people react to it live time um and uh we're able to make those tweaks based on kind of some of those reactions yeah that's an interesting point it's it's a double-edged sword that way i used to i used to be on the the wrong side of that sword i think where we would sort of play everything we had and then you'd go to listen to our catalog and we kind of had nothing there and that was not the best point because at least you know maybe at least for you guys now you know you can you can play a whole set of new stuff people be like i love your band where can i listen to it and you've got this you know discography of great stuff that they can dive into aside from that and then fall in love with music they can they can hear so 
it's uh, you're right. It is a tricky balance, and I've definitely been on the wrong <laughs> side of that balance before. <laughs> Playing all the new shit, yeah. And having our nothing first, recorded. Uh, our first to uh east coast tour as a full band um we actually we hadn't released our album yet but we had recorded like the full length album so we were playing like the entire album basically and people were like oh i loved all these songs we're like yeah they're not out till like next year sorry <laughs> but like we had recorded everything and we felt like it made sense to play these songs because they were like our current sound and everything but yeah it was definitely that feeling of like oh here's this like ep that the band release five years ago when the guys were in university like it was like we didn't really have anything to show for like the the performance that we were putting out so yeah we sometimes we think about like okay like maybe we don't do like seven unreleased songs let's just do like three or something like that so people can you know listen to the current thing so yeah and i was i was talking with rory about this just before you guys hopped on just briefly about um you know kind of sticking together as a band and and Rory said you know he joined in the band a little a little bit later and it's always interesting to me you know I've gone through a couple different bands and one of the ones I was in for a long time we had we just we just rifle through bass players and we rifled through a few drummers and it was always hard to to maintain like I don't know the commitment from everybody and whether or not they were committed, maybe they just weren't the right fit uh, for the music. And it was just, it felt like we would take a couple steps forward and then stand there for a while. Um, how do you think you guys have had such great like momentum in, in pursuing this project as a band for, for so long and doing such a great job and doing better at it as the years go on? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, many reasons. I think we're all just like, we're good buds at this point and kind of were from the start, but you know, that relationship mm -hmm. develops over spending so much time together in the van or just spending time recording, jamming, writing music. Um, and just like the fact we're all teachers, schedules matching up, like a lot of stars have aligned. Um, I often kind of reflect on it. I'm like, holy shit. It's so wild to me that four people can be together and be like so on the same page about something and something that's not always easy or not always uh necessarily as like fruitful traditionally speaking um as you might think there's a lot of struggles that happen along the way which i'm sure you're familiar with uh hunter but uh having also that that tight group um and I don't know, through the ups and downs, it just brings you closer together, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think also, like, um, just, like, the performances are so fun. Like, it's just too fun to, like, stop doing this, honestly. Like, I'm, I was someone that, in the band that, like, I was you know, tentative about, like, oh, should we go on tour again? You know, we don't make a lot of money. We lost money on the first tour we did. I think we make money now. Um, but, like, I've been, like, a little more tentative about some of that stuff. But then, like, you just, you go on tour and you're, like, oh, my, like, this is a drug. This is literally, like, a drug. I'm yeah. going out. I'm playing music. We're getting good responses. We're meeting people. I get to spend, like, two, three weeks, like with amazing people. And yeah, it's just like so hard to be like, ah, you know, like we're not making that much money or like, ah, maybe it's like time to like go back to our day jobs full time all the time. Like, it's just so hard to like stop doing it, honestly. So I think that's why we just like keep pushing it every year. You know, you get, 
you get another step higher on the ladder and it's like really, really hard to be like, oh, no, no, no music festivals this year. Like, nah, no big shows this year. I don't think it's worth it because like it is always worth it, I think. So, yeah, and it's, especially if you all if you all are as passionate about it. I think that's the main thing, right? You got to you got to have this. It's almost like a magnet. You're just like, uh, it's just I can't I can't get away from it. It's just, even if I am frustrated with it or it's it's making me crazy or whatever it is, it's it's just something that always brings you back in and um i've always i can't remember who said this to me once but uh i sat like a show in oshawa at the mustache club or something and i remember somebody just like side-eyeing this guy i was like what's your problem with him (laughs) (laughs) he's saying that and he's like (laughs) he's like he's just he just wants to play a fucking show and uh and he's like people who are musicians they stay with it forever and this guy's like in and out he just thinks it's cool <laughs> and uh I've, I've seen that from t- seen that from time to time not that i you know whatever play music for whatever reason you want to but there's some there is something about it and you got to sometimes sift through that stuff to to find like you know a tight-knit crew like you guys have um i got a question for worry here actually about that yeah. how he how did you actually find the band i don't know if we talked about that uh so uh, you know we're all teachers um mm-hmm. Matt, who is not here, our drummer, uh, him and I met in teacher's college. And oh, okay. uh, both of us had previously been in bands. Like he was kind of taking a hiatus with this band. So we kind of bonded over that. And then a uh, couple years down the line, after getting to know each other, he said, hey, my band is uh, looking to start back up again and we could really use a guitarist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything else musically at the moment. So I'd love to join in and the rest is history. Yeah, that's that's sweet. And then uh, and then from there, I guess it was right into the Mariposa showcase stuff that was was going on at that time. And, yeah, and then yeah, fast forward much. a little bit, you guys slide right into the the main festival. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and so I joined. I actually joined the band at the same time as Rory too, or like very very shortly before. Yeah. So Matt and Matt and Matt Morgan, our our former bassist, they were doing the band in university, but then like people were traveling, and so like when I met Matt drummer Matt, who's my husband now, um, he was like, oh yeah, I'm in a band, but like, we don't really play anymore or anything. It's like, oh, that's cool. And then, um, yeah, you guys kind of got back together playing, having band practices at our house and stuff. And I'd like come downstairs and like, you'd be like, play the piano on this song. Okay. Sounds good. And, you know, slowly I started coming to band practices and then Rory started coming to band practices. And then, I don't know, there was a decision at some point that, that Rory and I would be permanent members, not session members anymore. And yeah. And then the following year, like we just played like so many shows. We just started like going for it. Like we were probably playing like four shows, five shows a month, like, Every weekend we were at a brewery or a pub or something or going to Toronto and playing a show of some sort. So, yeah. And it's, that's the most, that's the, that's the thing. Like it's so exciting playing live. And I think that we all maybe to some extent forgot about that during the COVID times. And, you know, it's, you kind of forgot about like the, the buzz it gives you and even just going to a show to watch some friends or a band you like you leave there being like i want to write a i want to write a song right now i just you know it's it's inspiring to see and it's exciting so it was a weird time to to be away from that especially after you you know you spend years growing this momentum and and touring and then it's like the whole game changes it's like hey it's not about playing shows now but how are you still going to write music and promote it and then we saw this crazy boom and and people getting on tiktok and instagram and being like listen to my shit and then you, then you're looking 
every direction. Like I can't listen to all this stuff. So it's it's tricky to break through that noise. Are you doing too. TikTok Hunter? Do you have TikTok? I have yeah. a TikTok. I don't. I I throw some videos up there, but uh, it's certainly not the main <laughs> my main focus. Uh, it's tough, man. I find it hard to like. I kind of just post the same things from TikTok and Instagram, at least yeah. the reels, yeah. you know. And uh, I, I I find it hard to just like I see people do the things where they'll they'll have like you know they pretend to be like four people and they <laughs> yeah, show you yeah. how they recorded this whole song. <laughs> it's like, dude, how long did that video take you to make? Like. So I don't know. I find it hard to balance all those hats, especially the one to make, you know, you can throw up content online that'll help you, but I find it hard to make like that a a big, big priority. I still think it's important, but it's hard for me to like elevate it even more. And and I just don't know where to step back from to do that. Yeah. We, we also have a TikTok. (laughs) Are we active on it? No, but we have one. (laughs) Well, it's funny too, to see like, yeah, same kind of same kind of thought process. Yeah, same boat, man. There's just so much, so many spots to post this comment or to content, um, and so many, I don't know, so many avenues you could go down with it. It gets overwhelming on top of you know booking shows and touring and writing music. It's just like, wow, this is really like an all-consuming thing, or could be an all-consuming thing, and uh, potentially for. I, I don't know. It could work out. It might not. Like you say, there's so much out there now that it's hard to break through the noise. Yeah. And it's, it's like a, and you know, there's so many ways, there's so many people that are like, you know, follow me, I'll show you how to do it or pay me. I'll show you how to do it. Yeah. Same thing goes with playlisting. And I think it all just like, and it, it sucks that ultimately now, cause there's so much good stuff. It doesn't ne- and great stuff. It doesn't necessarily just come down to having a really, really good song. You you could have a really great song, throw it up on Spotify. It doesn't get picked up. You never promote it. And, you know, it could be Thriller by Michael Jackson and, and nobody would have ever heard it. It's a, yeah. it's a different time. But yeah, it's it's very, very weird to to navigate and it can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It can be so tiring. <clears throat> do you find, do you use a lot of, um, do you more go, I was thinking about this, like the route of promoting new music and maybe like taking a bit of money or maybe more money from your marketing strategies and just maybe paying somebody to film a bunch of high quality for social media to promote it there. And maybe just bypass being like, let me get my blogs and my reviews and maybe some, a bunch of playlisting stuff. So I was thinking about that and I haven't tried it. I've, I've always gone the, here's my song. Who's going to be my marketing and PR. Yeah. Um, what, what, how did you guys, if you don't mind me asking promote uh, fade away, is it, was that sort of, uh, Honestly, that was largely independent, so it was uh, just some social media ads paired with um, really just our our photos, telling the story, sharing the story, um, doing a bit of submit hub work and other kind of playlist uh, submitting platforms, but otherwise it was pretty organic. Um, we have gone the way in the past of using a great company called uh, Auteur Research. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of them or not, but uh, they've been good to us too. But same thing, like in this day and age, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just better to get those high quality videos and like just film, honestly, a bunch of courses or something like that just for this quick kind of fast food uh, consumption versus going the blog route or um 
paying for you know a spotify campaign it's it's difficult man it's a weird in between now i feel you could really go either way yeah that's a good point and yeah i'd love to get uh i think it's adam from otour uh um I, I've, I've done some work yeah, with yeah. them too and i've always had great great results coming from there so that's definitely someone i'd work with again uh from the straight uh, they're another one too mm-hmm. um what what other playlists i know you okay. mentioned submit hub what other playlists and stuff do you do you guys submit to or, or are you like third party kind of like i know that uh, matt raffle does one i think it's called like daily playlists <laughs> the, oh, that's, so a, it's, that's a great one it's free but the catch is that like you have to like like all these playlists in return for them. So then like all your Spotify recommendations just get like all messed up because you've like liked all these random playlists, but yeah, like Fadeaway has gotten onto like a decent amount of playlists. I mean, no Spotify editorial ones, which is always the goal, but also those are just such a crapshoot. Like you never know, you know, we, we got one song, uh, two songs on some, some editorial playlists, but like, who knows why, right? The person that listened that day thought that it sounded good. And that's the it. person that's that it, listened uh, yeah. the other day didn't think it sounded as good. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. And, like, it's really easy to get yourself worked up about it. Like, you know, we had a release that got onto Folk and Friends, a really, like, top-notch Spotify playlist. And then the following song that we released, like, didn't get on it. We were like, oh, my gosh, it's not a good song. It didn't get on Folk and Friends, which is so ridiculous. (laughs) Like, so what a bad mindset to have. So, you know, you just take the wins as you get them, but also, like, accept that you're not going to get every single song on a Spotify playlist or, like, get played on CBC, like, national stations or something. And that's, that's fine, too. So... Yeah, it's it's a weird. I know Muso Soup is another one that's uh, pretty decent for, um, oh, like that. albums and and singles as well. And I don't think it's too like I've always done Submit Hub as well. And a great feature on there is the feedback one. Um, people can people can help you like really pinpoint your genre. It's so hard to know what your genre is these days. Yeah. <laughs> like this is folk, and they're like, nah, it's <laughs> not. <that's> true. <laughs> like, oh shit, I thought it was, and I, that that can play like a huge role in it. You know, if you if you're doing uh, the ones that you've got on Spotify, have you just submitted them through Spotify's Spotify for artists, like the the artist submission there? Or was it through your uh, distributor that you used them? Um, do it. I don't remember. Uh, no, just through these. Uh, the submission straight nice. to the editorial playlist. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it makes me. We just lucked out with two, totally. two in a row. Totally, man. That's pretty sweet because it, it makes yeah. me wonder how many, you know, because the record labels and distributors and they all have such a hand in those playlists. So it makes me wonder, like on New Music Friday, for example, of, of all those songs, how many of them were submitted through just the artist platform? You know, how many do they reserve for, for the True. labels and distributors? So out of whatever, 100 songs, maybe there's only like five spots i don't know making that up but maybe there's only five spots of all of this other great material that's submitted independently mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah it's it's yeah shout out to our buds uh john muirhead and yeah. Braden lamb for landing good old broken friends on their past two releases yeah, yeah it was actually uh john just did the last episode with me i just i just talked to him and i nice. yeah oh, he sweet. just um it was like right before he put out the single too. So it was right before that. So I wish I had done it just after to ask him <laughs> about it, but <laughs> how the hell he got it on there. Yeah. But he does, you do, he does a lot of, um, at least on TikTok, he's got a, you know, I mean, I know he's harbored a great following on both, but TikTok, he's, he's, he's gone crazy with it too. So it's, but he posts quite consistently mm-hmm. and um, he kind of had some good insight on it where he'll post, he's not afraid to post, 
you know, maybe a video of similar, it's the same sound, same kind of message, a little bit of a different framing and just mm-hmm. post that a few times. Nice. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. That's you true. don't have to just be like one and done. You can kind of be like, here's three, right. four of them that, that'll just, I'll fire out. Cause chances are even of the people that do follow you, like not everybody sees it at one go. True. True. That, that's a good move. I We will one day steal that perhaps when we're official TikTokers. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, especially when people are like, if you want to be big on TikTok, you're posting five times a day. Here's what you're going to do. Honestly, like, I feel like our, fa- our like, Facebook engagement has actually been like really good lately. And I feel that's just like our demographic is like slowly shifting just into like more middle-aged people. And I love it. They comment on all of our Facebook posts and it's like, they're so supportive. It's lovely. Like Instagram has been lovely as well, but like truly our Facebook has like picked up in the last like month. I would say like there's always comments on stuff now, which has not always been the case. So Good old Facebook. Well, I think ultimately, <laughs> I think ultimately, what you want are people that are are going to stick. Like they like to be at the party. You don't want somebody to just like pop in for a couple of drinks and leave, and uh, <laughs> and then just forget about you. It's like you know, those aren't going to be the people that come to your shows and buy your albums for continual releases. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, TikTok's a great way to sort of like direct people over to you, um, but then it's also tricky to keep them there, right? Yeah. One of the biggest things uh, in regards to that Facebook success, I think, over the past bit was we sent waves through our Facebook community when we posted uh, the first image associated with Fade Away and we weren't smiling. And people were like commenting (laughs) nonstop, just like, what's happening? You're such a happy group. Where are the smiles? Like there was concern, genuine concern, I think, over our well-being. So many comments. Like it was like a black and white photo. And we were just all like, you know, serious. We're like, oh, sad single on the way. And just, oh, the uproar, the uproar. It was so funny. Oh, my gosh. That would be that would be a tr- funny thing to do where you po- you post it all and you all get the biggest smiles, but it's a sad a sad song. And, well, like the a thing. It's song. like we're about to release this song about like heartbreak and like dealing with a really emotional time. We're not gonna like do our normal chipper like ah buddies, all buddies all hanging out <laughs> goofing around. So yeah, it was quite funny <laughs> to see the concern from our fan base. But you know, I guess we have a we have a brand. There's a way that they see us usually, and that was not it. So, <laughs> yeah. just what? Are you guys okay? Like, yeah, we're fine. We got new music coming up. Yeah, <laughs> we're excited actually. <laughs> so then, um, for, for that song, was that I guess going back to the start of our conversation? What were all the lyrics written by yourself, Matt, or was that is that usually kind of how it goes? Uh, yeah, so it depends. Like um, Matt Rapolt and I split the songwriting quite a bit, and then we'll bring it to okay. Rory and Allison, and then uh, we'll usually do for sure at least like a comb over of the of the lyrics. So I would say the majority of Fade Away stayed the same, with just like some very minor tweaks. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it was Allison, Matt, and I sat down with it one day and just like kind of looked at some of the the tense stuff. Um, but yeah, otherwise, this one maybe is one of the closest in terms of staying the exact same. Yeah, it was great to, it was, I mean, I found it uh, like it, interesting and it was just a nice way to connect with um, just your kind of opinions and thoughts on 
you know, not necessarily the song itself, but the emotion behind it, just all the posts you've been doing about uh, just sort of the meaning behind it, or at least the meaning to you um, behind it as individuals, which is, which is cool that, you know, it's like a band, a band is one thing, one entity, but you know, there's many pieces to it. And it's, it's always cool to see how your music you release comes back around and, and affects yourself as individuals. And sometimes you get lost in, uh, in being like, Oh, I got to make this song you know, it's got to be polished. It's got to be well-written and produced and people aren't going to listen to it if it's not like this certain quality. And sometimes I get, I get caught up in all that and I forget to be like, to, I forget to take a second, breathe and just let, just be, just be there and be present and, and try to really, really pull out what I'm trying to say. And, you know, you'll be your worst, you know, uh, you'll dodge all those hard feelings and be like, ah, I'm not going to write about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nope, not going to write about that. Uh, but I find that that's always the most, if I, if I'm connected to the lyrics in my own way, then I feel like it's, I'm at a, at least a good spot with that. And I can be proud of it. Yeah. That's something that we kind of struggled with for a little while where it was like, do we chase that really polished, almost like pop song leaning, uh, radio friendly vibe? Um, or do we go like the more artistic, not that there's not artistic integrity in that, in that, uh, zone as well, but, um, do we go for more of the artistic integrity where it's just like, you know, fuck it. We're just going to write music that feels good and is genuine. And that, you know, we're still going to pour ourselves into and try to make it a polished product, but, um, we're not going to forego kind of our individual, um, I don't know, level of investment in that song just to make it sound like a, a shiny pop tune. Yeah, that's it's I appreciate that, too. Like just being, you know, what makes me feel good about this song? Obviously, you know, maybe you don't want to do well, who cares? But maybe you don't want to do a seven minute bridge where you just like bring it all the way down, bring it up, bring it down. You, you know, maybe maybe there's certain yeah, yeah. things like maybe we shouldn't do that because, uh, you know, after a little while, somebody doesn't want to listen to a nine minute song. And, you know, we all tend to stick in that two to three and a half, four minute range. Um, so there are there are certain things we can all kind of agree on and then sort of be like, all right, let, let's fuck around in this in this area. But it's um, yeah, it, it's hard not to, to to jump on that too much, especially when you see see it doing well. And you're like, well, obviously, I want people to hear my stuff, too. So what if I did this with my music instead? And then all of a sudden you've gone off the tracks of of everything you've worked so long to try to build. And it's so hard sometimes just to, like, check yourself and come back. So it is it must help that, you you know, you all have each other to maybe check mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. It's kind of also one of the nice things about like, because we're playing a lot of our songs live before they get recorded. Um, you know, if we're not really feeling it when it's live, if it's kind of like, uh, you know, this seems like too cheesy mm -hmm. or like, it's just not, not doing it for us. Then like, you know, it might not feel worth recording and, and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a good way to be like, okay, do we actually like performing this? Like, do we actually like this song? Because, <laughs> you know, y'all, everyone has a song or two <laughs> that you write or like even record and release that you're kind of like, mm, don't know how happy I am with this song, but like, let's give it a go. And, you know, at the yeah. end of the day, it's kind of just like, well, it's a fine song, but like, I don't really like that song that much. <laughs> so we're, we've been trying That's to like fine. really like, ground ourselves and step away from that as much as possible to just make sure like we genuinely love all the music that we, that we release. So, and then we're feeling really good about like the next batch of songs. So fade away and the single we released in the fall wildfire there, um, 
part of our next album collection that we're going to work on slowly getting out Mm. there. And like, we just feel so happy about these songs that we're making, like as we're workshopping and getting more parts together, like really an album that I feel like we can all stand behind and are just like super passionate about. So it's a nice feeling. Hell yeah. I was going to ask if, I was going to ask if these kind of singles that you'd been releasing over um, the last kind of year and a half or so, if they had been part of a bigger collective. So that's cool to hear it. You guys are, you guys are cooking something yeah. up over there in that kitchen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have been for a while, honestly. It does. And everything. Yeah. It's just, it's Slow quite a process. Stuff. Like doing everything independent is like very expensive at the end of the day. It's just, it's very expensive. You know, we record somewhere that's not even that much. Like it's on the lower end of recording, uh, costs and stuff but it is super expensive to record mix master uh release um, a 10 song album is like so much money so you know it's the grind as independent artists yeah. it's like ah we had some of these songs like two years ago and we just like we haven't had the money to record them yet so yeah yeah, and you did. Um, was it for this latest single? It was Waterloo, the Arts Council in Waterloo. You you guys got a some some funding from as well, which is it's always cool to hear about other avenues other than you know the Ontario Arts Council or, or Factor for the for those things. Those are kind of the main ones, at least for Ontario based artists and Factor, obviously for Canada. But it's uh, it's always hard to find find other ones. So it's cool to see that um, when I saw that that you guys had that funding, that was a kind of um, I guess. I learned that too. I was like, Oh shoot. I didn't realize that Waterloo has uh, those opportunities and, and you know, most cities, I don't know if all of them do, but a lot of cities do have that. So for anybody listening that it struggles, everybody's <laughs> like, how do I dedicate money for all these things? Def, definitely look into your funding, but uh, remember to be prepared and ask any of your friends who have gotten yeah. them for, for their advice. Cause you know, that'll help you in, in writing them. Did you guys just, was it sort of that process for that funding? Was it like a application and all that? Um, yeah, so we had applied. That, that was our third time applying, actually, for the Region of Waterloo that Arts Fund. Uh, Works through. <laughs> yeah, the, the very first time we applied, like it was a, we had a huge ask. We we basically applied to like fund all the recording for our album, um, but like <laughs> very little of it was local. Like I think we wanted to record in Toronto and get uh, Dan Ledwell, who lives in Nova Scotia, who had mixed a lot of our stuff. We wanted him to mix our stuff. <laughs> And we're like, oh, maybe that's not what they're going to give a band. Like they want to support local, like regional Waterloo and stuff. So we applied again, smaller ask, a little more local, but uh, was not, we're not successful. And then the third time this year, we just thought, honestly, like, let's pivot a little bit. I don't think that um, the recording funds are going to come through through this grant. So we decided to um, get funding for our our album artwork. Um, so we uh, had met with a local graphic designer artist that we loved, um, Emily from Hush Puppy Designs. And uh, we applied, yeah, we applied for that. So we applied for funding for her to design custom artwork for our entire album. So, you know, it was a, we'd kind of adjusted our expectations in terms of like asking for a smaller amount. Um, but we were successful this time around because it was, you know, directly funding a local artist. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes when people are applying to grants, like 
obviously you want to cover the big costs, like your recording or your mixing or something. But, you know, if you kind of think about it and be creative, like there's other costs that you have as well that, you know, you can help get covered. Like getting custom album artwork is a, can be a big cost if you're looking to like get an artist, like a professional artist to do it. So the fact that we were able to get some funding for that was really, really awesome. But yeah, we had, we had talked to people that got it. We we're like, tell us about how you want, got this money. What amount did you ask for? How many times did you apply? So we had asked a lot of people and they basically all said like, you have to probably apply more than once. Um, you know, be reasonable about the amount you ask for. And also for this fund, they had said like, keep it as local as possible. Like they want to fund regional Waterloo artists because it's the regional Waterloo arts fund. So um, yeah, really like looking into like what this grant is asking for and trying your best to like pivot your project so that it fits that is, is uh, an important thing to do when applying for grants. So that that's a great point too, where you, you know, you don't have to think of everything being covered. You know, if you're trying to get like a full, if it's your first album and you're trying to get ten, fifteen thousand dollars from Factor, like they want to see stuff where, you know, has your other other music charted? How much is it made? Has it been exposed? Like, what have you been up to? And so those things are not necessarily that easy to get. I mean, they're certainly not easy to get. So. But other things where, you know, maybe you just want to fund the music video or mm-hmm. the artwork or just a single itself. And not, again, those aren't easy to get, but uh, it, you don't have to think of like, I got shit, I want to write an album. I got to fund the whole thing. It's like, okay, I got an album to write. It's going to cost X amount, but maybe I can, you know, cover some of the music video or the photo shoots or the or whatever. So that's a great, great point to uh, to highlight. I, I did the Factor Artist Development Grant. That's a great one that runs every year. Mm. Um, gives you like a couple up to like a couple thousand dollars or something for it so it doesn't cover everything but at the end of the day you know maybe you're only paying five six hundred bucks instead of three grand you know yeah, yeah exactly. every little bit and like in this kind of thing it's just everything yeah. counts and yeah you, you know if you're just work you're basically working to right. fund your music and then you're kind of like your life is meeting at this like stalemate of making money and, and fueling your passion yeah. so yeah it's hard, <laughs> yeah. To, it's hard to navigate do you guys find it's like super important to um you know, it's, mm-hmm. I have reasons why I like to sort of, you know, have albums and, and write a stuff, working on my second one now and trying to get that out this year. But, you know, I have my own reasons for wanting to to put singles into an album and make it a collective, but I'm curious to hear um, what your, your uh, I guess, drive is to actually have, you know, you've released some singles, but then you've got this, ch- this chunk of songs you're looking to make a family together with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, Rory, you're always like the big proponent for the, the album. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I just, I love to collect like a physical copy of things. And it's much easier to do that with a single release rather than trying to collect singles. So I'm always pushing for the album, even though I know it's uh, it's it's not as popular as it used to be, certainly in terms of the streaming and whatnot. But yeah, I'm always going to push for the album. Yeah, I I mean, I'm in the same boat where I much prefer to even the way I consume music. I mean, I definitely listen to just uh, an eclectic group of singles, but the way I love to f- at least first experience either a new artist or a new album is to listen to it front to back, try to get the whole story or the, the entire intention that that album was created to, to share with the world, right? But uh sadly the spotify age is less kind to people who do that um 
but I think we're finding that healthy balance where it's like, okay, we'll play the single game, but also these songs definitely will end up being an album. And like, you know, maybe it's not like it used to be where an album would get two or three singles and then the album would drop and then there's seven brand new songs. Now it's kind of on the flip side. It's like, okay, you're going to get seven to eight singles and then you're getting like two to three little treats on release day, but then you get to hear them at least as a package, um, you know, kind of as intended. So I don't know. I love the album too, man, but it's just such a, such a shit show these days. So tough to like, I couldn't imagine just creating an album and dropping it out there. I feel like unless you've got like that massive single on there, you're kind of throwing away opportunity. Um, for each song to to live its best life or have that potential to either get on a Spotify playlist um, or just be heard in general. Well, it's frustrating too. Cause uh, I just heard this. Well, my girlfriend just showed me a song and it was like a song she'd heard on TikTok. So I looked I just out of curiosity, I looked up the artist and she has like three songs out over the last, whatever, four years. Um, all of them. I mean, I think two of them did, did well, but one of them, this latest one, uh, crap, I forget the name of it. This is driving me nuts. But uh, anyway, it's got like a crazy amount of streams. She's got three singles and she's got like almost four million monthly listeners. And like you couldn't even really go to a concert. There's only three songs that. <laughs> so it's like, how the hell does that make any sense? So it's kind of that weird. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it's a strange, you know, and, and then I'm assuming from that, you know, if you get all that traction, labels are going to be like, all right, well, come on and hang and let's spend the next year making a record. But you know, it's uh, it's like, is that what you, is that what you want to do? You know, you just want to make songs until they get big, and then you'll go make your record. It's like I don't know, but but uh, <laughs> but it also kind of sometimes depends on the type of music. You know, if it's full down the barrel pop, um, seems to be a little bit of what's what's the mainstream right now. I mean, obviously pop popular, it's obviously that makes sense, but it just seems to be like that's sort of where everybody's ear kind of is drawn to at the moment, where it's got this super super polished. Um, you know, and, and with that being said, like your music is an awesome mix of the f- kind of folk, um, has a little bit of that singer songwriter vibe, a little less of that more folky stuff, but it still has like an essence of pop to me where it's got this really polished songwriting, super polished production, everything sounds great. So you could hear it right next to, you know, one of these, one of these, you know, down the barrel pop songs and it would switch over to yours and the quality and, and comparison of songwriting is similar, um, in quality where it's like, ah, oh, you're not distracted. You're not you're not like taking a quick different route. It's, it all sort of fits into this main pool together and, and it just sort of has that high quality that all makes it kind of resonate together. So I don't know, maybe that's just the thing people need to focus on more is just getting your, getting your shit top notch. <laughs> like you guys have done. <laughs> oh, thanks. That's say we're trying, man. We appreciate maybe this. Yeah, like, Sorry, go ahead, Allison. Sorry. I was going to say, we just, we always try to go for like a catchy chorus or like the pre chorus hook or something, but it just like also has four part harmony. <laughs> yeah. Or like has a really prominent acoustic guitar or like a great like electric guitar riff or something. So I feel like when we write, we're kind of like writing a little bit with that like pop mindset, but then it's mm. like, how can we add like the folk undertones to this or like, let's put banjo in it or, or whatever, you know? So yeah, yeah, it's like pop structure, but like folk, indie folk, like instrumentation and production and stuff, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, it's like, yeah, just with the, um, with the quality of it and stuff, you guys do a great job at not throwing too many 
too many pieces in there. It just feels like really, really well arranged, despite it being, um, you know, four different minds in, in one space. Not everybody's trying to be like, oh, I should have, I should have some guitar in here, or I should have some keys <laughs> in here. It, it just all melds so well. Um, is that does that kind of happen off the hop usually, or does that sort of like get filtered through a bit more as production goes on? Honestly, I think um, if anything, we add a bit mm. more as we go along. Like once we get in the studio, oh, yeah. it's like. It's interesting when we first started kind of as a four piece or as a five piece with uh, our former bassist, um, it was, we very much had it in our heads that we needed the record to sound like the live show and like almost be an identical thing where it's just like you show up, you know exactly what you're getting. Um, Where now I feel we are able to explore in the studio a little bit more and see the difference between like, okay, we're creating a record um, versus our live show, right? Like uh, in our live show, one of our, one of, one of the favorite compliments that we get is uh, you guys just allow for so much space, there's so much space in your music. And for the longest time, like, I don't think we really understood, but now it's starting to become apparent that it's because like we each give each other, um that time to shine but at the same time it's like we're not we're not trying to step on anyone's toes we're not over cluttering the music and things like this um but yeah so i think when we get into the studio it's like okay what how can we make this bigger how can we uh make this a recorded song versus just like emulating that live experience and do you guys ever work with like a producer too or did you kind of just work with a recording engineer and then sort of produce it all together um, so recently, so for this album, we're working with, um, yeah, we're kind of doing like co-production. So, um, we're working with John Dinsmore who runs Lincoln County social club recording studio in Toronto. So he's recorded like, uh, just so many people like he's, um, has a really interesting catalog. Like he has recorded with the Strumbellas and Donovan Woods and Whitehorse and, also like Splash and Boots, like Juno award-winning children's artists. But then also he'll take like anyone off the street that just messages him and is like, oh, I have this like demo I want to record. So he just has this like wide range of people that he has worked with and recorded and toured with as like a session bassist. Um, so we've done, what, uh, five? Five songs maybe with him now? Maybe, I think maybe I think five. So. And oh, really? like, okay. we've just, yeah, we've gotten into like a really good group. The first couple songs were kind of like, he was more acting as an engineer. And then, uh, the last song that we did, we kind of asked him to like step into that producer role a little bit more. And it's been really good. Like he's gotten to know our songwriting style and we've kind of gotten to know like what his preferences are usually when recording. And, uh, it's been a nice groove. So yeah, we're gonna, we're doing the rest of the album at his studio and sort of getting him to co-produce and like usually he does tell us to simplify things like i'll come with a piano part and he's like (laughs) yeah half of those notes like play half of that like it's just it's too busy right now or something so that's usually when i get back yeah exactly (laughs) he's he's been really really awesome um yeah i mean we our first album it was mainly just produced by us um We'd worked with Jonas Bonetta, who has Port William Sound uh, up in, oh gosh, Central Frontenac, Frontenac County, out in the out in the forest. Um, I know that. I know of, those parts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and he like kind of like 
had his feedback here and there, but it was kind of, we had a strong vision, I think, for the album. Like Matt said, we like had this idea that we wanted it to just sound like our five instruments and our five voices and that was it. Um, but yeah, John's been really awesome to work with to like give some ideas without kind of like, if we're strong about an opinion, he's like, yeah, that's okay. That's how you want to do it. Uh, and then other times he'll, he'll add his feedback or strongly suggest we should adjust something. Yeah. I was just going through his, uh, his discography here. He's got, yeah, tons of stuff, but yeah, I mean, he's done, yeah, a bunch of the Bahamas and yeah, so many Mm -hmm. bands on here that, uh, Oh, it's awesome. You've done pop on there too. You guys are on there. Just scrolled past you. And okay. it's, yeah, he's, he's done a lot of great hey. stuff, man. I've, I remember him just from seeing him on the Strombellas records and, and being like, mm-hmm. damn, these things always sound great. Um, I think, I think Josh Bowman might've done the first ones. I might be making that up, but, um, I know, I know we did hope it said on there, which is, you know, probably yeah. one, of, one of their biggest records, which is, so that's cool to see him have a, uh, have so much variety in there. Not only in terms of like largest, but like in terms of, I saw pop on there, like just different sounds he's got. Yeah. <laughs> he records yeah, like yeah. a lot of metal bands and stuff too. It's very cool. Yeah. One of my favorite things about the studio though, is speaking of hope, He's got the gold record of Hope chilling in the downstairs bathroom. <laughs> the bathroom. Yeah, you go to the in bathroom. The bathroom. Like you go in, you're doing your thing. You're staring at uh, the Strumbellas. Dude, gold I remember playing. We were, we were playing a show. It was with my old band. We were playing a show at the Sanctuary Center for the Arts out in um, Ridgeway. Uh, near Niagara area mm-hmm. and uh we had we were opening for the Strumbellas right as they I think they just put out like the lyric video for um um Spirits. Oh cool. And uh I remember yeah, yeah. sound checking with it and I was like, dude, this song this song's gonna pop off, I think. And uh anyway, so we played that show with them. It was a great show and then shortly after it was like that song just started ripping and uh and then you know it went like golden Italy and then they they just they sort of they were always like a a famous band to me like i i remember seeing them on one of those cineplex movie like they they'd play some bands at the intro before some movies sometimes <laughs> and they had this like <laughs> they had this yeah, like yeah. strabellus thing and i remember seeing dave ritter on there talking about when they were doing the the, the first record they had with um shit i oh my god i'm blanking on the names of the songs there but um, oh like the we still like we still move on dance floors like that album yeah, or yes, like the album. the one before my father the hunter or something like that the the we still yeah. we still move, we on, still dance move on dance floors yeah such a good album such a great one but yeah so anyway they were always big to me but then after that single came out i was like oh shit now you you guys probably think of yourselves as big now too because <laughs> yeah they'd went gold and it was great man oh yeah, yeah it's cool to see it's still so uh yeah, yeah, it's great to see it. It's it's surreal, man, that we've been able to work with like Simon a little aside, but um Simon of the of the Strumbellas, and I mean he's no longer the lead singer, but he's still one of the primary songwriters. Um but yeah, it's just so crazy to think of just like the caliber of musician mm-hmm. this guy is and the things that he's done, the people he's met, the places he's been um through music. And then the fact that like we've written you know, four, maybe three or four songs we've released with, with him. And, uh, yeah, it just, it never gets old. We're still co-writing them with him from time to time. And like, he'll send us some bangers here and there. And honestly, yeah, that just still seems so surreal to me. Um, but now it's just like, we're buds. Yeah. Yeah. We stopped, we stopped by his house. Like when we were driving from, 
Peterborough Folk Fest to uh where was it? Muskoka, Muskoka to Peterborough. Peterborough. Yeah, we had like a day where we had to drive between two festivals. And we were like in Lindsay and we're like, oh, let's stop and see Simon. That's awesome. He's, <laughs> he's a sweetheart. It's like, yeah, chatted with him for like two hours and hopped back in the van. And yeah, it's very surreal for sure. I remember when we went to, uh, we worked on the song Summer with him uh, and Wildflowers as well, those two releases. No way. And uh, I remember we were at his house and like he started singing the chorus of one of the songs. And I was like, that's his voice like that's the voice I've heard on the radio and stuff and like it was it was just so it was so so dumb I think I was just like staring at him (laughs) like it was just so cool to like hear that voice like in like across the room from me in such a casual setting so yeah that's been so cool he was the one actually that recommended the studio to us um I think we had we had asked him where uh where he had re- or what any if he knew anybody and he had recommended John's studio to us and super super happy to have made that connection it's been awesome yeah Simon is an awesome guy for the the blend of like crazy talented but then also he's like uh, you know doesn't really he doesn't care that he's like, yeah, I'm just myself, man. <laughs> and he's yeah, just so exactly. humble and kind. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Down to earth. <laughs> yeah. chill guy. That's cool though. I didn't know you guys had done yeah. songwriting with him. Know- That's, uh, that must, that must be awesome. Yeah, it's great, man. That's actually, so one of the biggest reasons that the band started again, um, was we, we had opened for him for the Strumbellas, uh, at the red dog. Legendary. Um, in Love Peterborough. That <laughs> oh, I forget. Yeah. 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 Uh, way back when, and then because we had such, so we still move on dance floors was like one of the records that, uh, Matt and I would listen to and just like our writing style kind of emulated that, um, in our early university days. So I had it in my head where I was just like, I need to either get this guy on board to produce something or to write something. Um, but yeah, he was he was kind of the catalyst for me. I was in Halifax, and then he finally responded to my years of uh, borderline <laughs> no way, stalking, dude. and then uh, was like, "Yeah, I was like, man, can you produce this new album for us?" And he's like, "You know what? I will co-write a song with you." So we started sending stuff back and forth, and uh, so we co-wrote the boat together, and that was like the first single that we came out I, with, uh, almost like the modern day version, I guess, of like mm-hmm. "I the Mountain." But it was like that really uh, kind of lit a fire under our asses, I think. And just to have someone of that caliber want to write with us was just so mm. humbling. So, yeah, it's been super cool to have continued that relationship. And um, a little another aside, I received today in the mail some handmade Eye the Mountain uh, bookmarks ah. by Simon Sun. <laughs> Come Theo. on, man that's cool <laughs> yeah that's so nice. nice of them that's so cool i saw those on facebook actually i was debating buying one as well <laughs> yeah i got i got us yeah yeah i got us the my the map ones made nice. they're already there <laughs> yeah. yeah it's cool Love man it. those 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 moments of i don't know like reassurance and i don't know just like someone like that where it's you, you look up to and it almost seems far-fetched um where you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, let's write a song together. And you're like, Oh shit. I didn't realize that, that I could write a song. Cause your songs feel like 
you know, so far away from the ones I write and that maybe that's not even true, but you get into your own head and it's, it's hard to look at your songs objectively and, yeah, and to yeah. be like, yeah, I write great shit. I feel like a lot of the times songwriters are like, I'd, I wrote it and I'd rather not hear it. Thank you. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. so yeah that, that must be yeah those mo- those moments i find are they just give you a little bit of fuel and and you know we all we all kind of need that reassurance or that like i don't know inspiration in those ways and when you get something like that either whether it's like opening for one of those bands or even better like a co-write with a songwriter you look up to it's it's something that just like fuels you a bit and who cares if the song goes somewhere it's just cool to get on get on that experience and, and do that yeah definitely man there's a level of like validation to it and yeah. uh yeah. And just being, yeah, being in that environment and um, being able to like swap those creative ideas with someone that you have looked up to for so long is just a fantastic thing. Rory's yeah. still waiting on uh, Billy Corgan to one get of these back days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much of a sweetheart he is, but I mean, Simon level of sweetheart, that's like the 10 yeah. of one to 10. That's yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> totally. That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah that that would be that would be a killer one too yeah just like do it songwriting and it's funny too sometimes you know you'll write you'll do songwriting um collaborations and it doesn't always have to generate something it's just a nice uh exercise but it's also a tricky thing to always you know if you start doing too many co-writes then next thing you know you're like gosh i haven't wrote, written a song for for uh, myself or my projects mm-hmm. yet so it's like a weird balance there too where yeah, do definitely. you guys ever do you guys ever write songs where you'll you give them away or you kind of shop them to other people or say like, hey, we wrote this. It's not for us. What do you, you know? Maybe this will work for for somebody else. Um, so, I mean, Matt Rapolt wrote a song that uh, Simon got a hold of. He really loved the chorus. And like that was I believe that was floated to the Strumbellas, but maybe didn't land within that group. But um, so that that kind of happened. And then I had one that I sent to Simon. Well, he sent me a chorus. And then I wrote a song around it kind of thing. And then he he wanted it for his own thing, which was fantastic. Um, I don't know if he'll do anything with it. But outside of that, not really at this point. But uh, definitely something I'm interested in. Like, I think that's such a cool idea to to write a song and then just have someone else connect to it enough to be like, hey, I want this to be my song or I want, I want to at least sing this song. Um, yeah. What about you, yeah. man? Have you done any of that? Less of that, more more um, co-writes, and then and then it maybe it'll go, you know, either way. Right. Maybe we'll both feature on it or or, or something. There was a co-write I recently did that was like uh, I released it last year, and it was it's called Northern Lights. It was way more of a pop, um, you know, production. Like all I did was okay. sing on it, and uh, this other producer just like created the soundscape. And there's you know, as far as you listen to it, you're like, there's not, I can't hear it. There's like a cool. kind of a piano, but mostly pads and synths. And uh, super, but it was kind of a, you know, we wrote it together, went through a bunch of different variations and then he came back and it had been a little while. And I was like, you know what? I really like this, man. Do you mind if I just have it? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything with it. So I just absorbed it and then, you know, gave him credits for it. But uh, it's ultimately just like, it just says my name under it. But as far as all the other songs go like that, I had, you know, much more minimal um influence on it but as far as like a song i've written by myself and just have like an acoustic structure of it um i've never really done that where i've i've written it and then been like eh whatever but who else wants it i feel like the ones mm-hmm. i always get most excited about i'm like that's mine i'm holding on to this one <laughs> yeah yeah 
Exactly. Yeah. I feel like sometimes we have songs like Matt or Matt, you'll have songs or even Rory too. Like you'll have songs and we're like, oh, that's a great song, but like probably not for the band, you know, Mm. like we, we definitely do have that. Somebody will like send a demo and we're like, oh, very cool song. Maybe not I the Mountain though, but then they they just kind of like sit and like we don't do much with it. So yeah, we definitely have moments where it's kind of like we'll send it, but then like we kind of are like, oh, is this one like worth like going through with the band and stuff? Like, does it have the right feel or something like that? But it's still just fun to like send music to each other to be like, oh, I wrote this like new chorus today. What do people think of it? And you know, nice to get the feedback and stuff. But like everyone in the band has like kind of a different songwriting style I would say so like it's almost like we're co-writing with each other when we're when we're doing when we're making a song right like sometimes Matt will have a chorus and then Matt other Matt will write the verse for it and then like someone will have a bridge idea or, or something like that so you know there's certain songs that it's just like okay, it's complete. I had the whole idea somebody did, but then other times someone is like, I got this chunk. What can we do with the rest of it? And we kind of like work together to, to make the rest of the song come. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, like that's actually an interesting point too, just to have so many different inputs. uh, And, you know, I just ideas that maybe they don't sit here, but they sit somewhere else for, for someone like, I guess for, you know, yourself, Allison and Rory, um, do you guys ever, you know, have those moments where you'll write something and, or do you have like other projects that you write for that you kind of have on the side? Um, I've written some original music. I haven't ever done much with it. I've like performed it at like a coffee house or something, but, um, yeah, I don't write a lot anymore. To be honest, I wrote a lot about like breakups and being emotional and sad. And then I found myself in a very happy, healthy relationship and didn't know what to write about <laughs> anymore. <Damn> it, <laughs> um, so yeah, but like I, there's, there's a few, there was one of our songs like summer, like I re- wrote the bridge for it, the lyrics and kind of melody and don't know why that came about, but for some reason I was just feeling inspired about that. So those, I think we kept all the lyrics the same as the ones that I had. Mm. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen that often. I find I don't get I don't get uh, a ton of inspiration for writing original music anymore. Um, but I like to like perform every once in a while at like a coffee house night or cabaret kind of show. But mm-hmm. um, haven't done a lot. Honestly, it's like very very fun to perform with the band. It's like bigger stages and fun to perform with friends. So uh, my my solo guitar chops are not really where they used to be. So I have to practice a lot if I'm going to perform solo, but Rory, you have, you got some side, like a side project with a friend and uh, yeah, yeah. I still do a a lot of songwriting, but um, I'd say my musical tastes probably differ the most from the other three. (laughs) So a lot of the times the stuff that I would be bringing in is not necessarily going to uh, jive with our sound or, whatnot so but I, I still keep those uh ideas around and if i like them enough i'll record them and put them out under my little uh passion project what's that thing. what's the kind of what's the kind of vibe or, or um you know uh genre of that man i could not <laughs> tell you to save my life <laughs> the thing it's is music, I just like, man. yeah i just write in in all genres for that and that's what's so fun about having a passion project on the side it's like oh this this yeah. is a song that wouldn't really work with anything else but i like it enough that i'm going to record it put it out there 
And, well, hey, uh, man, I'd love to throw some stuff back and forth with you. I'd love to hear some of the stuff you work on independently. Yeah, for sure. Sick. Message me anytime about it. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Sorry, what were you going to say, though? You're going to... Oh, you know, even if it's only heard by like a handful of people, you know, it's it's still fun just to to go through that process of recording the song and being able to hear it in some capacity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just getting those, just like, you know, it's all chaos in there and you got to find a way to put it down and, and make it cohesive. It's, yeah, it's always a fun uh, project. But for myself too, I always feel like it's, you know, I can go through the motions, but I got to, I got to finish it. And, and then ultimately yeah. if I want to, you know, most of the things I, I finish, I'll, I'll put out if I'm putting that time in. So some of them will, I'll just be like, dude, this is not, this is not, I'm wrestling with this thing. It's not working, but it's, uh, it's just a good practice too. So I know a lot of bands that have been together for a, a little while. They all kind of independently have their projects like wild rivers. I know is they've gone, mm-hmm. they've gone crazy over the last little while but when i first met them they were you know just playing in in dive bars and stuff too and they always had great music but i know that at least um two of the members they they have their own side projects too which are which are very different than the the band itself so it's it's always cool to see how you know you can have different tastes and styles but you can still come together and and you know maybe it wouldn't be the sound that you know maybe the sound of it would be different for everybody but collectively it has its own its own source which is which is cool yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think we're slowly maybe like moving towards that a little in a in a way like i know uh matt Rapold has like a treasure trove of songs that um some definitely are very much like i the mountain material and then some less so but are fantastic songs that i know he would like to get out into the world in some format like allison like you've spoken about um would you know you were talking about maybe even recording some of those just to have right um, yeah yeah um, yeah yeah and then i'm doing uh my little emo folk thing these days so i'm trying to get something together for that no shit so you've got um, another product you've got you got some other stuff that you write for too in a different mindset that's sick man yeah yeah i've been i've been writing like such a specific vein these days uh like the the good old open d's got a hold on me um <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah. So I've written now about I've got like ten songs kicking around, um, kind of shitty demos, but working towards something and getting those out there. Like again, regardless of uh, how far that goes or how much time I'm willing to sink into it, I'm not too sure on the on the marketing side of things and actual. You know, I'm playing a few shows with it here and there now, but uh, yeah, just excited to hear what those sound like did i same goes to you man throw some of those my way i'd love to trade some demos that would be that'd be sweet to hear do, to hear man. your voice in a different uh in a different light yeah yeah um i don't want to keep you guys too much longer thanks so much for for hanging out for so long but uh do you guys know warren frank like the uh the cans heaps um those guys out in peterborough oh yeah 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 Yeah, okay i was wondering if you'd done any because i know that warren does a lot of writing with um uh, Daryl from the Strumbellas, and I, I was wondering if you you guys had ever hooked up together because he's a he's got a killer he's a killer songwriter too. He's just so he's so damn good at it, and he's so humble too. He's just like, here's my song, and you're like, that was I'm crying right now, dude. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't. We've chatted a little bit with Daryl, oh, like just cool. online and stuff, but uh, yeah, never uh, never chatted with Warren. That'd be cool. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, Warren's I've. I, Sorry, yeah, go No, ahead. I was just going to say, I know that you guys are out, I guess you guys are out in, like, Waterloo area. I know he's kind of Peterborough, so I keep thinking yeah. you guys are out that way, but... 
<laughs> oh, it's all right, man. I'm I'm still chilling in Oshawa yeah. currently. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I've I've ran into Warren here and there, and it's like you know we both know we, each other exists, but we haven't uh, delved into that mm. yet. But I I would love to. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the same too. He's uh he's just such a great writer, so that would be cool. Um, I know that he was work him and uh, Cassie Noble were working on some new music together too. So yeah, yeah, stoked nice. to hear that. Um, oh yeah, sweet guys. Yeah, what's his uh. What's that? Sorry, what's what's his side project called again? His uh, is he just going under his pretty, under his name? Pretty sure he's just under his name. Yeah, like last I'd spoken to okay. him, he was recording a bunch of stuff, and uh, I think it was just like separate of heaps now. So I think yeah, I think it was under his name, but he hadn't. I don't think he'd released anything just yet. Right, but nice. I know he's got like the Instagram under Sweet. his page and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, guys. Well, thanks so much for doing this. Before we wrap up, we were talking about albums and stuff, but I. would did not want to forget to ask you because I will listen to him. <laughs> if we were if we were hanging out together, we all had to throw a record on, and we had to listen to it front to back. Which uh, which one would would you throw on the table for us? Uh, what vibe do you want? Do you want just like our favorite anything. or like whatever what whatever want? comes to your mind? You're like, this is what I'm throwing on right now. Whatever mm-hmm. it is. Oh man, I just I always say the same ones. But <laughs> I'm, just, um, <laughs> I'm just gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, it's a toss up. I'm going to do, um, oh, Black Mile to the Surface by Manchester Orchestra, I think is going to be, going to be mine. Or I'm putting into Reconstruction Site by The Weaker Then. Okay. There it is. <laughs> Classic. Um, yeah. Mine's also going to be a shocker. Um, I was going to say it's not going to be Ingrid Michaelson. She's like my favorite artist. Okay. But I'm thinking of someone that Hunter you would maybe like but haven't heard of. But my other favorite album is "Chase the Sun" by Greg Holden. He is okay. like a fan. Have you heard of Greg Holden? No, I haven't actually. Oh, no. I love it. Okay, go look him up. He's absolutely fantastic. Kind of took like a little hiatus, but his uh, his album. Go Chase the Sun, it was like, it, I, it's a perfect album in my opinion. Fantastic songwriting, beautiful production, big, big fan. So look it up. Well, I haven't I heard these. like it. I haven't heard these three albums so far. That's why I was asking. I know you guys probably have great taste in music, so hey. I want to hear what you're <laughs> listening to. Yeah, I'll check all three yeah, of those out. You would, I think you would like it. It's like good singer-songwriter, folky vibe. So, Okay, sweet. I would say Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by the Smashing Pumpkins. If you've got two two full albums, we're staying there, on brand yeah, here. Two full albums, there a double album goes all over genres, right up my alley. Okay, I'll check that one out too, man. That'd be awesome. Uh, I think nice. if I. What about you, Hunter? I think if I I keep okay, I won't even try to dodge it because it just keeps popping in my brain here. But uh, I think I would go with uh, this empty northern he- hemisphere. Gregory Allen Isaacoff. I think that would be mine. Oh, nice. yeah. yeah. I, I'd probably I throw that I've on last. I've listened to that album, but like I've listened to songs from that album. I've never listened to the full album, though. So. There's something about it, man. He just, I don't know. He just like, it's just this ability to to create like an atmosphere where you just feel like he's, he's just pulled you into another world and you're like, dude, you, I'm, I'm in. So yeah, it was just, I don't know. He's one of my favorite artists for sure, but uh, he's just got such an interesting and unique songwriting style that you can't deny. It's not like straight down the barrel pop, popular sounds and everything, but it's just so damn good. You're like, I can't, I just can't help myself. Man, I'll be checking that mm-hmm. out. 
So other than that, though, um, you guys have the Mariposa, um, you know, festival coming up. That's obviously huge and exciting and, and sweet. Um, the, what other kind of shows do you guys have coming up this year or music mm-hmm. you got you coming out or where can people follow you online? All that good stuff. <laughs> we're uh, So we're kind of like focusing on recording a lot for the next couple of months. So that we're going to not play as many shows, sort of quality over quantity uh, for the spring. Um, just sort of play. We got a Kitchener show that's coming up. We haven't announced it yet, but very excited to play a show in Kitchener. Um, we'll probably try to make it to like Toronto or Oshawa area, um, to do another show somewhere. Um, but a lot of recording, which is like really, really nice to spend our time doing that. Um, I don't know if we have any shows that are like announced right now, to be honest. I don't think that there's any that are, um, yeah, I don't think there's any that are announced, but Starting in like April. It'll be heavy summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. April. Summer show. Okay. Yeah. It'll and then honestly, big. like we are hoping to play a bunch in the summer. I mean, because we're teachers, we have the summer off. Uh, so we can just like go full force with the band in the summer and play a ton of shows, travel a bunch. We're hoping to get out to the East Coast again in the summer to play some of our favorite venues out there. So yeah, if folks follow I the Mountain on all of our socials we will always post uh, as soon as things as soon as things can be announced so yeah more festivals i promise there's another one that can't be announced yet so <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn it i'm so to hear it. Uh, i'm looking forward to that kitchener show hopefully many more <laughs> um i don't know if you ever see uh i know it's it's called farm league brewery it's up in yeah. cambridge um they've been they've been putting on some great shows lately um, so I don't know if that ever crosses your radar, but they've got a great space. That's, uh, yeah, they're, yeah. they're all, they're, they're just really cool for supporting music. And they just had Maddie Leon there oh, the other cool. weekend, which I couldn't go to, unfortunately, but, but yeah, they do a lot of fun stuff there. And they, I think the dirty nail is going to be there soon. And wow. so they have like, yeah, all sorts, all sorts of stuff. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very cool. Wow. It's exciting. Wow. Yeah, man. They got some wild acts in there now. What about you? Any uh, new tunes coming? Any new any shows happening? What's going down? Yeah, I was just saying to Rory before you guys jumped on, I was wrestling uh, with uh, with getting shit finished and uh, also recording a bunch of yep. new stuff. I, I started two new projects as well that are wow. um, okay, very damn. different than what I do. So we were sitting on about 15 songs for the one project. And then in, in March, we're we're jumping out for the other project to, uh, to do some recording just over a weekend to get everything, just to get the vocals done and then all the productions done on that. So yeah, I've been working on those two side projects and then wrapping up an album for myself. So I'll have another single coming out from that, uh, pretty soon. But yeah, I was saying to Rory how it's just, it's a battle of being like, um, I want to write new stuff, but fuck, I got to record like three hours of acoustic guitars to finish this shit. So, <laughs> you know, you got to get up and just put yourself through the motions yeah. and get it done or else it's going to sit there and you're going to go crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how we're feeling about the album. We just want to like record it and get it out there because the songs are all kind of like there. We just haven't haven't gotten into the studio to get them all done yet. So, yeah, very excited. I can't wait to hear what you guys have been working on over there. So um and also hey thanks for ha- thanks for hanging out with me on a school night yeah <laughs> check out i the mountain online and listen to their new their new single fade away thank you guys for coming on and doing this um sweet yeah, yeah, appreciate so you fun. i appreciate you all thanks man appreciate you
check out Eye the Mountain's new single, Fade Away, wherever you're streaming music, and keep an eye out for their upcoming performance at the Mariposa Folk Festival this year, because that is going to be awesome. I have some new music coming out soon, which I'm excited to announce some stuff about, but until then, I will see you in a couple weeks with another new guest. Thank you.